0: Oh, blessed Lord Jesus, you have asked us to leave our all and take up our crosses and follow you. Because you have forsaken all your riches and glory, you have taken up your cross and shed your blood and die for us you have every right to call us to forsake our own. now may your holy spirit so work in us that each one of us may be willing to forsake our pride our sin ourselves so that we may follow you in your name we pray amen last last day evening we began to consider the book of Exodus and we do expect that we will spend some time in this book God willing so let us turn to Exodus chapter 2 let me read to you verses 11 to 15 now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown. Then he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh, and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Well, last week we noticed how the Lord God led Jacob and his family to go down to Egypt, and by and by they became slaves in Egypt and how the lord god was going to raise up moses to be their savior and we also notice the remarkable rescue of little baby moses what a story what a charming providence of god that is poor child moses should not only be saved but should be adopted to become a son of one of the royal princesses in the egyptian court and he was given free education and school in all the wisdom in ancient Egypt but Moses received his education for many years learning uh, the science the astronomy or astrology uh, law architecture engineering government and so on but for a while when he was a child when his mother was still nursing him he received another form of instruction not mathematics not sophisticated science but true religion some of you know john newton the hymn writer well his mother died when he was a young boy but his mother was a godly woman and taught him the things of god and those things stay with him eventually he was saved but after Many years of disobedience to God. Now, what would Moses' mother teach Moses? Well, the answer is simple the book of Genesis. Moses' mother got 50 chapters of the Bible, and she would be telling little Moses, two year old Moses perhaps, maybe three years old at the most, and mother would tell him, My dear son, Some 500 years ago, long ago, God called our ancestor, our father Abraham, in in the West, in Mesopotamia. And God called him, and this God is the living and true God, not like the idols in Egypt or the idols in uh, Mesopotamia. God called our father and God promised our father in his seed, in his descendants, one in particular, shall all the nations shall be blessed. Yes, one day this seed, this descendant of our father Abraham, he shall come and he will bring worldwide blessing, even to the Egyptians, even to the people in Mesopotamia. And we, Moses, you must know this. We are the special people of God. God made a covenant with us. We are very privileged. And don't you look around the slum here and think we are poor. We may be poor, we don't have money, we are slaves, but we are the people of God we are the people of a blessed destiny and we are to be the blessing to the whole world and my little boy when you go back to your adopted mother when you go back to the Egyptian court you must not be like the other boys you must not follow them in their worship of idols in all their bad behaviour I'll tell you why, because the God who appeared to our father Abraham, his name is El Shaddai, God Almighty, and he has commanded us to be perfect before him. Our God is righteous, he is good, he is holy, and he doesn't want you, my dear son, to be like the other boys in the court of Egypt. So that was mother's teaching, and surely mother would teach Moses, Isaac, the son of Abraham, Jacob, and Jacob's twelve sons down to Joseph. Moses listened, and Moses must be a very smart fellow. Now, let us don't right write off the two children. A child two-year-old three-year-old four-year-old can learn so much and understand so much when Moses grew up he knew his origin with the people of God down in the slum in that area of Goshen. But he also enjoyed tremendous privilege in court. He was a royal prince. Moses was fully informed, and he would consider, should I stay on in court, just keep quiet and keep silent, and get on in life, follow the words of the princesses, or the princess, I should say, and marry a princess, or should I identify myself with this humble, poor, enslaved people? He would think about that. He would ponder over that. Should I follow my adopted mother, or should I follow my birth mother? In Hebrews chapter 11, we are told, verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he looked to the reward. You notice the language of thinking, pondering, deliberation, and decision. Moses refused to be called a prince in Egypt. He chose to suffer affliction. He chose not to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He esteemed the report of Christ to be greater treasures in Egypt because he was looking forward to the reward. Now the choice before Moses could not be more stark. On the one hand, he already has status, pleasures of all kinds, legitimate and even sinful riches, power and the pleasures of sin on the other hand suffering poverty loss of all earthly witches shame Moses make the right choice he chose the spiritual over the material he chose righteousness over sin because he was looking forward to the future reward it was future hope that informed and influenced Moses' present choice if I could backtrack to Moses' mother's choice and we have mothers here, and expecting mothers. If you were Moses' mother, would you hide Moses' identity? Would you not teach him the story of Genesis? Not letting him know the God of the covenant, and just say, it's better for my son to get on in life why should he suffer like us would you would you mothers do that sort of thing or would you be like moses mother and tell your children my dear children i want you to be a man of god a daughter of god choose obedience over sinners. now coming back to us all of us you know the choice between before us is still the same isn't it our lord jesus was not a religious salesman he told his followers and the crowd clearly repeatedly there's a cost in following him we must Deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Christ. We need to forsake the passing pleasures of sin and choose the lasting pleasures of God. My dear friends, you know, especially when you are young and strong, there is pleasures in sin why else would people sin but because there's pleasure there is unspeakable pleasure in sinning against god but only for a while the pleasures of sinning against god will not last but there is the lasting pleasures of god as david says in the 16th psalm To God, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh yes, my friend, I hope you can say, I can say, that is true. In the presence of God is fullness of joy at God's right hand, a pleasures forevermore. It's such a joy, such a pleasure, such a satisfaction in becoming and being a Christian. Is it not so? Is it not true that you will forsake anything and everything in order to stay on being a believer in Jesus? yes we have to cast off the cares of the world sometimes we may say well i'm not so much uh, in love of the pleasures of sin but you you can't shake off the cares of the world my friends we cannot love god and man. Many Christians would like to love God and mammon. I would like to love God and money and status and uh, prestige and so on. No, we can't. Remember what John says do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The very reason why so many Christians do not know the love of God is because they love the world. the things in the world is it not so experience bears this out if we love the world and the things in the world we do not know the love of God and the love of God is only a phrase an idea something we heard about and talked about but not experience moses was such an example of faith and faithfulness so was his mother and his father as well which was so now moses is saying i'm ready to forsake everything in the egyptian court. i'm ready to serve the lord to identify with my people and i'm ready to be their savior I'm ready and Moses was at the prime of life he was at the age of 40 what do you think 40 years old must be the best time to do great things by human standards you're 40 you're young but not too young you're 40 you're strong but quite experienced in life and Moses was at that age now suppose you were in a panel to interview someone applying to be uh, a top executive in a big company and there is an applicant 20 years old There's an applicant, 40. There's an applicant, 60. Which one would you choose? All things being equal. You choose the 40, isn't it? 20 is too young. Not experienced. 60, well, it's a bit old, isn't it? But 40, that's the best. And Moses, at 40, was ready. He was equipped. He was willing to make sacrifice. God said you're ready I am not I don't think you're ready Moses you're too immature you're too impulsive Moses was then too strong to be of any use of God or to God you know when we are too strong God cannot use us God's power is to be shown in a weakness. The problem with Moses was that he was too confident, too full of himself, he thought too highly of himself, he thought, I can save the people of Israel. I got all the gifts I got a physical strength I got a determination the trouble with Moses is that he has not been broken yet Moses was not broken yet. there was an evangelist in China by the name of Watchman Lee he might not be 100% orthodox in his theology but he loved the Lord and God called him to save countless thousands of men and women He was a great evangelist Chuck Lundin if you use that name a great man of God but he often said this we must be broken first if you are not broken by God you are not ready to be used by God and he experienced that brokenness in his own life and the Lord broke him again and again and again and again that's why He was used so quickly by the Lord he was so broken because how thousands of men and women would idolize him so much but the Lord prepared him to be broken first you see Moses at the age of 40 he got a temper problem he could kill an Egyptian in hot temper and the Lord God did not want a murderer to be the savior of Israel What sort of savior God wanted, not an impulsive man, not a violent man, not a murderer, not a Moses at the age of 40, not a sort of pastor, but he was a rabbi. A key qualification of eldership in the church is that Elders must not be of hot temper. They must not be too argumentative or quarrelsome. There are some Christians who have this problem. There are some Christians men who may know a lot of things, who may be well discerning, but they are hot temper. They can't be elders. And they are the same. I notice one defect of some Reformed Christians is that they can be too quarrelsome. They think they know everything in theology and they only are 100% right in everything. Everything, every difference in doctrine is a matter of life and death. And they can tend to exaggerate the wrongs of others. I guess most of us here are convinced about the doctrine of grace but if we are convinced about the doctrine of grace, one leading characteristic must be that we are a gracious people. What's the point if you say, I'm a Calvinist, and you are not like Calvin. your mother like calvin's opponents so the lord god sent moses to a school of humility for the next 40 years moses i need to do something more for you you need to learn something more yes you are schooling all the wisdom of egypt You know all about literature and uh, law and architecture and so on but there's one more thing you need to learn and that is humanity so this prince of egypt became a humble shepherd in a dry and barren land this prince of egypt became a fugitive a refugee it was shown mercy by a stranger and I say this again Moses was there for 40 years Moses needed to be completely broken first before the Lord could use him and that's why my dear friends the Lord let some of his people fall he let us fall And stumble so that our pride may be broken that we may learn humility that we may learn after all we are not so capable and we can be shattered we can be broken we are not so useful as we thought ourselves to be and furthermore Moses was to become very familiar with the Sinai wilderness and this is where he was to lead the people of Israel journey through for 40 years he was sent there and he wandered there for 40 years and later on he would lead his own people to be there for 40 years Moses knew that place well after 40 years the makers of man. but let me say this to you again it took 40 years you realize Moses could do 10 PhDs in those 40 years with his intelligence we are told in scripture that the man Moses was very humble More than all men who were on the face of the earth. The most humble man in scripture, next to our Lord Jesus, is Moses. Moses was meek in terms of his submission to God. Moses was willing to submit to God for anything and everything. He could submit to God by being a humble shepherd for so long a time. And Moses' meekness was also manifested in his patience with people. You see, later on, Moses left the people for the desert for 40 years and how they treated him. One day, they held Moses in awe and reverence. The next day, they would grumble against him and complain against him. They would be talking about going back to Egypt. And even worse, they would be talking about stoning Moses. Imagine that. Huh? Stoning Moses. Remember Jonathan Edwards, that great 18th century evangelist? and pastor and theologian and missionary in America perhaps the greatest philosopher America ever produced he was kicked out by his own congregation but the same young people whom he boasted so much about when revival came about, uh, these young people came to be so excited about religion, about godliness but later on they turned against him later on leaders within his congregation expelled him and kicked him out from his own congregation and those people who kicked out edward were actually his own relatives close relatives so humbling for that man was it not and moses coming back to moses he was so patient with that he bore them for long for the 40 years he prayed for them no matter what they did to him he was the meekest of men but of course as we have mentioned already meekness is supremely to be seen in our lord jesus christ our lord jesus is so meek in submission to his father the Son of God obeyed his father even to the cross even to that agonizing death and curse on the cross he obeyed his father and our Lord Jesus is so patient with people with us is it not so awesome? tonight are you not saying my Lord Jesus has been so patient"? With me. I fail time and again, but the Lord bears with me. Love suffers long and is kind. Love bears and forbears. And friends, let me say this to you the meekness of Christ is also reproduced in Christ's people. Remember? the fruit of the spirit is what long suffering meaning patience patient with people you suffer long you suffer people's contradiction and misunderstanding and you still bear that that is the fruit of the spirit kindness also is a fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is gentleness It's self-control as we grow, we grow in meekness. There's a leading mark of all spiritual giants, men and women, and that is meekness. Meekness. I don't care how capable a Christian man or woman may be, how fruitful their ministry may be, how much they are known and well known, if that person is not me, the only thing I can say is that this person is not quite mature yet. But when you meet a mature believer, he or she may not be known But you always see humility. The one sin that Augustine was so fearful of was pride. And of course you understand, Augustine was such a capable man. He might well be the greatest theologian in all Christian history. Augustine was the one man whom Protestant and Roman Catholic and reformed they all but this is our man Augustine and Augustine was so conscious of the sin of pride as we grow we grow in meekness not a fake humility true humility in submission to God in patience with people so Moses had his 40 years of silence before which finished tonight I want us to consider the silent years of our Lord Jesus you know our Lord Jesus lived his first 30 years of life in silence obedience to his Father. Jesus our Lord only lived for thirty-three years on earth. And for 30 years he learned obedience to his Father in keeping silent, very quiet. I'm sure that time and again our Lord Jesus would ponder about the prophecy about Himself in Isaiah 53. For example, in verse 7, He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearers is silent, so He opened not His mouth. Jesus did not just read those words but he'll be saying to himself this is about me I'm to be led as a lamb to the slaughter and I'm to be silent I'm not to open my mouth by the way just now I mentioned Watchman money you know later on or even during before that he was accused of so many things Wrongly, people might lie to him and stand against him, but he never replied, because he wanted to be like his Lord. And later on, when the communist government accused him of all kinds of evils, he did not make a defense of himself. Perhaps he should. Perhaps he should. But his intention was to follow Jesus. I'm going to be silent in my suffering. The Lord knows me. He will vindicate me. Coming back to Jesus. As a child, he was so obedient to his parents, to Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine how difficult it would be for Jesus to be obedient to little Mary and Joseph? He was so gifted. He got tremendous insight in the Holy Scriptures. He was the most talented of all men. It must be something of a temptation for him to despise Mary and Joseph, but he never, 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 even in his heart can he imagine how difficult it would be for a very gifted and talented child to respect mother and father once i saw such a child he was so gifted he was so smart but his mother found it very hard his mother was only an ordinary woman and she found it very hard to be insulted by a son of maybe a nine-year-old ten-year-old but jesus always obeys parents and as an adult he took up responsibility for the family maybe for something like 25 years Jesus was a governor. you know five-year-old you can be apprentice isn't it why not and Jesus was doing manual work for something like 25 years or more you see, my dear friend, God's economics is so different to ours. He sent his only begotten son into this world, well, and his son was to be silent and doing manual work for 30 years. I'm sure that Jesus helped Joseph to the carpentry well before he was even five, and the son of God only had three years of ministry. What strange arrangement. Of God his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our fault and during those years of silence can we not imagine Jesus will be bursting in his heart he'll be saying that I want to tell the whole world about my father God about my identity I'm ready to do my father's work but the father said keep silence And what did Jesus do in those 30 years Isaiah chapter 15 verses 4 to 6 are so instructive Print it there in the newsletter you can look up in your own Bible this is a prophecy some 700 years before Jesus and this is a prophecy in terms of an autobiography this is autobiography listen to this this is our lord jesus saying in prophecy the lord god has given me the tongue of the learned that i should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary he awakens me morning by morning, He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who swept me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and speaking. What an autobiography! The Lord Jesus says here, my Father wakens me up morning by morning. Some of you are using spurgeons morning and evening. It all started by spurgeons writing morning by morning. The phrase is for me. And it was so much used and popular. People love it so much that he wrote a sickle, evening by evening. We put them together, morning and evening morning by morning jesus says here, my father waken me up and i'm a disciple of my father i learn as a disciple and jesus meditated upon god's word my father has opened my ear it's not because i'm smart but the lord god has opened my ear i am not rebellious and i'm going to give my back to those who struck me and my cheek to those who pull out the beam. In those 30 years, our Lord Jesus spent his time in meditation, in chewing over the Bible, praying over it, praying for God's help, preparing for his life work, and that is to die. I'll finish with this my dear Christian friends the secret in the Christian life lies in what we are in secret in our own personal prayer and meditation the Lord does not want you to do great things for him first. He wants you to be in and in with himself. He's not rushing through the daily portion of Bible reading. He's by reading, studying, pouring over, thinking over, praying over every word, every phrase, every word in Holy Scriptures that the Word of God should be burning in our hearts, and that we should learn not just wisdom, but obedience to the Lord. Shall we pray? Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we pray that we may see the footsteps of our Lord Jesus and plant our feet onto those footsteps marks and that we may walk after Jesus and follow him. In his name we pray, Amen.